I'd go through these great strides and great periods where my labs were great, I was feeling great, and then all of a sudden I would have a dip in my levels and medication would need to be adjusted. And then that kind of throws off your entire life in terms of getting schoolwork done and having energy for practicums and internships and giving the attention that journey of an internship under practicum and work deserves, but also taking a step back and being like, I do have these autoimmune issues. Like I also need to take care of myself. Welcome to the Child Life Wildlife Podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing the honest ins and outs and vulnerable truths about the child life profession with your host, Jessica Lewin. Come and gain tangible next steps and confidence as you learn how to use your child life skills, protect your mental health, and glean inspiration, hope, and ideas from fellow certified child life specialists, students, and professionals. And now, here's your host, Jessica Lewin. Hello, and welcome to the Child Life Wildlife Podcast. Today I have on the show Maddie Bozikis. She is a child life specialist, a very new child life specialist. She graduated with her master's in child development with a concentration in child life this past May and has been working ever since. She has struggled with autoimmune issues since high school. And it has certainly impacted her work as a child life specialist, as well as her time as a student. And this whole conversation is surrounding what it's like to go through the child life profession as somebody who has a chronic illness. And I am really excited for you to hear this episode because I think there's little bits and pieces of it that can resonate with a whole lot of people. And I hope that we can glean some inspiration and hope and share some ideas. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Maddie Bozikas on navigating child life with an autoimmune disease. Hi, Maddie. Thank you so much for being on the Child Life Wildlife Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. This has been one that has just absolutely bombarded my social media page of like people wanting to hear from other child life specialists. So I'm really, really thankful that you're here and that you're willing to talk about this. Yeah, I think it's a super important conversation that something I wish I would have had when I was a student going through this crazy process. So I'm happy to be here and share everything that I've learned. Awesome. All right. Well, before we dive in, could you just take a moment and tell me and my listeners a little bit about you? Yeah. So I am a brand new child life specialist. I um, graduated from grad school this past May. Um, I took my certification exam in March. So I've been certified since March. Mm -hmm. My first job was a maternity leave in a surgery space. And now I have transitioned into a full-time child life specialist in a radiology department that also covers our specialty clinics area. So any kids going for any type of like allergy testing, this also covers like ortho clinics. So kids getting casting and pins taken out kind of any echoes, literally so many different specialties, and then a special procedures area. So kids who are coming in for some type of infusion, a lot of times this is kids with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, things like that that they need, usually it's like every eight-ish weeks. I think as we know, the child life journey is unfortunately not very accessible for those with physical or mental disabilities or chronic illnesses. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm hoping that we're making strides in this area, but we're doing so slowly. But what was it like being a student with an autoimmune disease and what obstacles did you face? Yeah, so all disabilities, I think, come with their challenges. Mm-hmm. For me personally, um, having an autoimmune disease, it's not always a visible illness or disability, so to say. So I think that is one of the hardest things about my journey specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of my autoimmune diseases, I was personally diagnosed with, I have a lot of different thyroid issues and alopecia. So I'm, I'm very open about my my journey with my autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's hard because being a student, they're chronic and they're long lasting and ever changing. So it was really hard to I'd go through these great strides and great periods where my labs were great, I was feeling great, and then all of a sudden I would have a dip in my levels and medication would need to be adjusted. And then that kind of throws off your entire life in terms of getting schoolwork done and being having energy for practicums and internships and giving the attention that, you know, that particular journey of an internship under practicum and work deserves, but also taking a step back and being like, I do have these autoimmune issues, like I also need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So I think that navigating that was really hard for me as well as, you know, everyone knows that going through this childlike journey and becoming a childlike specialist, that could definitely take a mental toll on a lot of specialists and students. So putting something like an autoimmune or chronic illness on top of that is really challenging. Yeah. And then we we move into like boundaries. So I've seen on social media some conversations surrounding those with chronic illnesses or disabilities and the fear that those people may overshare with patients. I've mainly heard this from students. I haven't heard it a lot from the child life specialists, but I have heard some child life specialists say that they're hesitant because they don't want these people to overshare their experiences, which I understand to an extent, but at the same time, it's a learning opportunity. And we have so much learning opportunities in child life during your practicum and internship to help you make those boundaries. But have you experienced this as a child life specialist or a student? I think the role is very different, obviously, as a student versus a child life specialist. Mm -hmm. I think as a student, I was veered on the side of being open and honest with my supervisors about my medical conditions. But as a child life specialist, I kind of tend to shine the side of keeping that more professional boundary with my patients and families. If I do bring up any type of health experience that I've had, it's only because I believe in my assessment is that it would benefit the child's coping. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did this a lot more when I was in surgery and I would have maybe a kid was getting their tonsils and adenoids taken out. And I would say, oh, I got my tonsils and adenoids taken out when I was your age or, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And like, be like, oh, do you see mine in the back of my throat? And kind of almost use it as a prep and teaching opportunity rather than a moment to make it about my own uh, personal health experiences. Right, right. And I think that's something that they teach in any capacity for any student. I mean, there's so many things that you can cross that professional boundary with patients, whether it's about something about your family or something, you know, personal to you where we just have to be super aware of the things that we share. But I love how you said 
with your assessment if you think it will benefit the patient's coping because there has been times where and I can count on like maybe less than one hand the times that I have crossed that boundary because I'm like you know what I have a really good rapport with this patient and it would mean a lot for them to know that xyz something personal to me but you it's really like a it's a boundary, you know, you, you have to learn when that's appropriate to cross and when it's not. So have you heard this happening on social media or with other students that you know of who have struggled with this or, you know, I, I also saw that conversation, um, when I was a student, because Mm -hmm. obviously, as I said, at the beginning, I completed my internship the end of fall of 2022. So Mm -hmm. just not even a year ago. Yeah. So I the whole internship process is still very fresh with me. And I really debated about it about sharing those experiences during internship interviews, because I think about all the time if I would have had some type of support or child life specialist when I was first diagnosed with all of my autoimmune and thyroid issues, I would have just loved not even the procedural support of getting blood draws because I was so needle phobic Mm -hmm. at 14 and 15. But even like, hey, there's a support group that I know of, let me connect you to our endocrinology team or, you know, whatever the case was, I think about that all the time. But I ended up not talking about it during my interviews. However, it was a conversation that I ended up having with my just supervisors and throwing different ideas out after I, you know, had gotten that internship. Those with chronic illnesses often have to be vulnerable with their supervisors, just like we were saying, coworkers and staff regarding obstacles that they may face. How has that been for you as someone with an autoimmune disease? And how have you learned to advocate for yourself? Yeah, I think that, as I said kind of before, I was diagnosed with a lot of my autoimmune disorders when I was 14 or 15. And so this is going all the way back to high school that I've had these problems. So I think throughout undergrad and grad school and now as I'm, you know, a new professional in the child life world and through my internships and everything like that, I've had to learn to be very vulnerable with my teachers and bosses, authority figures. I think that having my autoimmune illnesses has really allowed me to talk about my health openly Mm -hmm. um, and not in a negative way, but it definitely shaped who I am because I've had, I have had to have, you know, this talk with my teachers, you know, over and over and over again. I usually tend to be honest with my professors and bosses and just say, you know, hey, I do have this going on, I would often do this at the beginning of the semester and just Mm -hmm. open that line of communication. In my experience, most people are very understanding. They're very, especially if you give them, you know, a heads up or are communicative about it, especially at the graduate level. I found a lot of support with just being open and honest, especially because a lot of my professors at the graduate level are child life specialists. So Mm -hmm. it was nice to have that additional support. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about your experience as a student and the challenging process of applying for internships while being in grad school and how that affected your physical health with an autoimmune disease? Yeah, I think for me personally, I wasn't diagnosed with my alopecia until college. Mm. And it was before I had found out about child life. And I was in the midst of applying for the elementary education program at my college. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, taking the the tests that you need to take, doing all the courses. And that's kind of when I, I 
noticed that I was having these bald patches on my head. And lo and behold, I was diagnosed with alopecia, which is an autoimmune disease. And oftentimes there are multiple autoimmune diseases kind of run together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I had kind of gotten through that and changed my major and went down the child life road. And then during internship season, as I was applying, doing all of the things you do as a student, getting ready, do, getting your letters of rack, I noticed these patches of baldness coming up again. Mm-hmm. So that was so hard for me to kind of go through, take care of my physical and mental health as an internship student, but then be like, oh my gosh, I need to have these cortisone shots again. Mm. And that how devastating that this is happening all over again in such a high stress season of my life. Right. Um, so really just being gentle with myself and giving myself, you know, time to step back and take time for myself was a big thing for me. When you started to see that happening and then obviously like, did that follow you into internship interviews? Luckily it was on a kind of more of the crown of my head. So I was able Mm. to hide it a little bit more. The outgrowth of the cortisone shot kind of followed me into my internship. So I had like an inch, two inches of hair kind of sticking up in in the middle of my head when I finally got to start my internship. So it was a lot of hairspray to get that down, but (laughs) I'm just happy it it grew back again. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And I have heard that before that a lot of autoimmune diseases kind of go along with several others. Usually if you have one, you have a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what did that look like with your mental health? Once you kind of realized that like, oh, these flare ups are happening again and I'm I'm having to do this and this and this to help my my physical health. What did self-care look like for you? Yeah, I am a big advocate for therapy or counseling. So mm-hmm. I personally re-enrolled myself, so to speak, in yeah. therapy. And that really helped with a lot of anxiety that I had just regarding what was happening to my physical body and then putting on top of, you know, childlike interviews and internships. And, you know, I'm so happy that I was able to to stay in therapy throughout my internship because that was a really um, great hour a week that I really looked forward to, to not only debrief the hard things that I was experiencing or like like traumas that I was seeing, Mm -hmm. but really talk about the growing challenges that you experience in your internship because I feel like we work so hard to get to the internship place and you think, oh, it's only you know, three, four months, and now I'm going to be a child life specialist. And there's still so much learning afterwards. But the growth that happens, and the roller coaster of emotions you experience during your internship, I don't feel like it's talked about enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there is such a connection with like your mind and your body. And I think I'm, I'm guessing, but I I'd have to say a lot of you know, sometimes there can be autoimmune diseases that come about because of an increase of stress. And I mean, that's what a perfect storm, (laughs) the child life process to have some things be uncovered. So yeah, I think too, something that I wasn't planning on speaking about or didn't think about speaking about, but Mm -hmm. about halfway through my internship, I was having just normal 
like testing done for at my endocrinologist and mm-hmm. they had noticed that my cortisol levels were low and that they were testing me for Addison's disease, which is also another autoimmune disease, which is mm-hmm. your adrenal glands mm-hmm. don't make enough cortisol. And it's, it's basically, um, you're not produ- producing enough of cortisol in your body. And a lot of it is stress related. Mm. Um, so I thought that that was really interesting that you had just brought up, you know, the per- perfect storm and these things tend to run together and mid internship, this was happening to me again. So yeah, that was just hard in itself. And then you're, you know, you're fighting this feeling of like, why does this keep happening and thinking about like the psychosocial of even though, you know, I'm not a pediatric patient, so to say, yeah, thinking about what I would do for a kid or a teenager that was going through the same experience is kind of something that has also helped me through this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a perfect world, let's try to do some brainstorming here. What are some tangible ways that the child life profession could become more inclusive and accessible for individuals with physical or mental impairments? I feel like this would come from continuous advocacy from students. Mm-hmm. I would not be where I am as a child life specialist if I didn't seek accommodations and advocated for myself. Whether this meant sometimes I had to go to the disability office at undergrad and explain to them why I needed an accommodation and really go kind of into the fact that it takes about a month or six weeks for new medication to start really um, adjusting your levels and getting you back to the way that you were. Well, six weeks, that's almost, that's half a semester in some college semester. So that could be really taxing and really affect the work that you're doing. So, you know, just continuously advocating, showing what you need. You are your best advocate. Just like we support children and families in the hospital, you also need to be your best advocate. So I think, you know, this is just going to continue from, It stems from the work that we do, but we also have to do it for ourselves. Yeah. I know working in the school setting, there's, you know, special education accommodations, but then there's also 504 accommodations. I don't know if that, I'm pretty sure that moves with you into college. And I believe you could potentially get a 504 with some kind of autoimmune or chronic illness because it's affecting the way that you're needing to go about different accommodations needed for classes. Yeah, I would be really curious to go back. You know, like I said, I was 14 or 15, so I never had a 504 plan. My brother, who had a 504 plan for ADHD, Mm -hmm. um, I know his carried over to college with him. Okay, But yeah, I think just, you know, I didn't really need anything from my high school when I sought out these accommodations. It was more so from my doctor just kind of, a note saying, I think Maddie would benefit from X, Y, and Z. And that was really all I needed to get these accommodations. And I just carried that over to grad school once I started. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think we're ready to head into the closing questions that I ask everyone. So great. if someone's listening today and really resonating, which I know that there's people that are with what you're saying as someone who also has a physical or mental impairment, What's one piece of advice that you'd give to help this person on their child life journey? I would say don't give up. I know that it's so hard and mentally taxing, Mm -hmm. but it's worth it in the end. And, you know, get creative on how you advocate for yourself, whether that's 
sending an email, going in person to talk to someone, get creative on how to achieve your goals and just really work hard at showing you know what's best for you and this is how you're going to best succeed mm-hmm. and really run with that. Yeah. And find your find your people that can support you. I don't think I would be as successful as I was if I wasn't at the internship site that I was. Mm. I think something I learned during the interview process, which I know our episode's not super geared on internships and interviews, but yeah. you know, they always say like it's not just about your answers, like it's at the end of the day, sometimes it's about how you gel with the staff Mm -hmm. that's interviewing you. And I think that I couldn't have been more grateful for where I was offered an internship and where I accepted because of those people. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine kind of going through a possible new diagnosis and all of the different autoimmune diseases that I had that impacted me if I had a different supervisor and different staff supporting me as an intern. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that your internship site did when you were kind of going through those things that you're like, oh, I wish other sites knew this? I think the grace that they gave me mm-hmm. and the how I felt that I was a person before an intern yeah. and before a future child life specialist um, and treated me with like, you know what? you have a doctor's appointment, leave early, you'll make up the hours at different times. Like mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. If you have to go past the end date, that's fine. And really just put my health and mental and physical before the internship process. And I think that that meant so much more to me than giving me a good child life internship. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really important. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of students that follow along and listen to this podcast. So what's one thing you'd say to them as a tip for moving through this profession as a whole? Yeah, I think so for me personally, um, as I kind of mentioned before, I really struggle with anxiety. So I started grad school in August of 2020. So we were very beginning new COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think not knowing where the world would be as I continued my own childlike journey was really, really hard Mm -hmm. um, as is the unknown with anxiety. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. So I think whether that means finding something to help you with the unknown, I think that's the hardest part of child life, depending on the person, but it's the unknown, the Mm -hmm. unknown part of the journey of where you're going to get an internship, if you're going to get an internship. And I think having faith, whatever that means to you, is a really good way to go about battling that and just keep advocating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't even think, you know, in the midst of COVID, I was a child life specialist already. I didn't even think about the uncertainty for students who like Mm -hmm. weren't sure, like, what's the point of me doing this? Are we even going to be here? Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. So that's, yeah. Wow. And then the last question I have is if child life is a wild life, what has been the wildest part of your experience so far? I think just balancing everything. I think that's a really hard part of being a student and a specialist is mm-hmm. you're always going to have things outside of your career or outside of your time as a student, whether that's medically, professionally, um, relationship-wise, family-wise. And I think just because we 
do give such so much of ourselves to our profession, really finding what's going to help you throughout your hopefully lifelong career in child life and mm-hmm. how you're going to make the the most of your time at work, but then also have time for you when you get home too. Thank you so much, Maddie, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your wisdom. Yeah, thank you, Jess.